Yo, what's going on, everybody? We're back again. Another WrestleCurious podcast hosted by myself, Marcus, today. We got Dungo Lois P today. And of course, the regulars, Joe Hulbert and Charlie. And of course, we're going to uh, we're gonna get into it. We're going to review AEW Dynamite from last night. We're going to talk about this list of banned moves and spots that apparently has been uh, sent out in a document to talent by AEW. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into a few things, of course. First things first, please like, subscribe, super chat if you're feeling generous. Please turn on our post notifications. Hope everybody is doing well. And uh, I'm going to kick it round with my co-host, see how everyone's doing. I will start with, looking around the table, start with Marcus. Marcus, how you doing, brother? First of all, thank you for starting with me, Monty. I appreciate that. <laughs> my, my debut on the flagship, I'm happy to be here, pulling double duty tonight, you know what I'm saying, being mm-hmm. a professional, because Manuel, Manny, Mr. Hooper himself decided to pull a bad move out and didn't get cleared, so mm-hmm. he out of here. Yeah, yeah, man. We had to, uh, we had to, we had to discipline him somehow, you know. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he's been lashing out lately. He's been going off the rails, you know. And like, like Marcus said, you know, he, he don't get his stuff cleared, bro. He's, he's a, uh, he's a liability. Parker, uh, how are you doing? You're not a liability. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I like that Manny. I like that Manny tweeted today. AEW is so cooked. And like five days ago, he tweeted FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. This is one of the top ten matches he's seen all year. He's like, <laughs> it's what he does, bro. He just tweets well, everything. He just well, says everything. Like, when, uh, he gets presented like with his contradiction. Like someone will send him a tweet, and he'll be like, "So, like, yeah. what, do you want? So? what do you want from me?" <laughs> yeah. He's uh well yeah, I, I how how is everything over in uh, the land of Dungo Alive Parker? It's great, it's great. It's G one this weekend. So yes. we're very excited. We're very excited. Beautiful stuff. Charlie, how are you doing today? Doing good. Moved location again to try and avoid Wi Fi problems. That's not um, why I'm back in my uni accommodation, but hopefully it will all hold up tonight. But yeah, it's been a bit of a long day, but I'm excited to talk about dynamite, so Good times. Yeah, man. Ho- hopefully it holds up. I'm sure it will. You you know, yeah, you was doing right. the long shift last night, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just had a you had a couple of shaky spots, you know, midway <laughs> through, but you know the crowd the crowd didn't care at the end, you know. The crowd didn't right. care at the end. All but you know all mm-hmm. about working the crowd. How are you doing today, mate? To be totally honest, I'm incredibly uncomfortable with this blue WrestlePurist logo that's kind of hovering over half of my head. I'm really struggling to kind of navigate it, um, quite frankly. No. But other than that, I'm great. I'm going to spot um, you with Charlie. Thank you. I pre- it really is. It's really nice. I'm an empty space up there. So. Yeah, that's that okay. Sense. Okay. I appreciate that. Monty's in charge. Other than that, I'm, that's so much oh, better. Good. Oh, that's actually nice. <laughs> I treat you like a Christian in WWE, fam. <laughs> I was looking at, I mean, I try not to look at myself too much on these shows. I was like, I, I, am I navigating this correctly? Do I sell it? Do I just stay underneath the blue spot? We figured out a solution, but I'm glad to be here as always. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. We've, uh, you know, we've got the full booth tonight, and uh, we're going to get into some, a lot of AEW stuff. But first things first, we have got a, we've got a very special super chat. From the very loyal Showtown Spurs, he sends us the big fifty dollars. Look at Halbert's face; he's already he's already planning how he's spending it. Oh. Um, <laughs> amazing stuff! Thank you so much, Showtown Spurs. He just simply says Ibushi, and to that, I will say agreed. He's you know he's uh, he's on the scene, man. You know Ibushi, the past what like year or so has kind of you know 
He got announced for a GCW show and people got fired up. Never mind this, you know. Like <laughs> this is another level. Um, a lot of people, you know, kind of were worrying it might might not happen last night. But we got the big announcement. Everyone's fired up. We was doing the watch along, and half the people on the screen here were very very fired up when it happened. Whilst Manny kind of sat there in the corner, unimpressed. Manny just sat there with no reaction. <laughs> you the world. That clip is so funny. It is like we're just me, Lexi, and Charlie going through a whole range of emotions. Like mm-hmm. we're absolutely prolapsing, and then Manny's like, because hmm. he quite tweeted that, and it was just like I was trying not to like say anything because everyone else was excited, but there was a bit of a shit like way to do it. I was like, Manny, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Manny, he's not you want to come out like yeah, before that, like. He wanted the big appearance and fireworks and blood and streamers. you know he wanted it all with the streamers. He wanted... You're not getting that Saskatoon, brother. You said it for Boston. He wanted Kota Ibushi to walk out with the NWA World's title, holding it like Ric Flair, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in a suit. <laughs> like, that is what Manny the Hooper would have wanted. But uh, absolutely, thank you again so much, Shortown Spurs, for the fifty dollars super chat. Um, Beautiful stuff. Uh, Zaid Nadi says one night with his one night. No one super chat. Appreciate you as well. MJF is shockingly endearing. What a talent he is, man. When he when he taps into this, uh, you know, this babyface charm and uh, you know, just silliness, it's gets over, man. It gets over. Uh, Darren KG, ten dollars. I don't understand people say MJF Cole is bad because it lowers the title. With all of AW stars, the total pro- program can't always be the biggest. It's okay not to not be bigger than the BCC versus the Elite or CM Punk right now. I mean, you should. All, I guess you would always want to aim for your total program to be like the big one, you know. But uh, it is fair to point out with the talent roster they've got, you know, uh, it can kind of rotate a bit more, you know. To be fair, the Max thing is connecting like in a major way. It may yeah. not be the traditional top thing and it's really serious, but like, I think it's yeah, an argument. It's the hottest thing in the promotion, though. Like, if you actually look at the, what the audience is doing, right? Like, I think you could argue that anyway. So, yeah, man, definitely. Know. It's definitely one off. So, it's not like yeah. it's foul, like, you know, it's not fell into oblivion. Not just yet, mm-hmm. anyway, you know. Uh, it's looking good, man. It's looking good. Uh, <laughs> Darren Walker, five pounds super chat. Appreciate you very much. Oh, guys, I can't wait for Monty's two page. <laughs> on the Harley Cameron segment. Can we end QTV, please? I mean, it's not up to me, brother. Hey, Charlie tried when she was at the media <laughs> scrum, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> He's know, kind of well, Charlie tried, so I think we're just going to have to go to, to plan B. The next time they're here in, in Daly's place in Jacksonville, I'm going to just have to take matters in my own hands, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Beware, you know. Beware, QTV. We got something for you. Um, <laughs> Russell Crowe uh, bag on his head, officially. <laughs> let's, uh, let's just dive into this Dynamite review, man, because a lot of it... A lot of it comes with the stuff I want to talk about anyway, then. We'll kind of get into like the band moves and spots and that kind of piece of news after the review, you know. Uh, so, yeah, Dynamite, let me just pull it up. Bear with me. Hall but Phil Dead Air. 
We're about to review AEW Dynamite, folks. Another wonderful edition of All Elite Wrestling's lead program that is every Wednesday night on uh, TBS. Check your local listings, of course. Fight TV internationally. Uh, the broadcast is led by uh, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Taz, who do a fabulous job leading the action, filling dead air as I am now. This particular episode featured two uh, tag matches in the Blind Eliminator Tournament, um, as well as Chris Jericho in singles competition. And we'll start there. Yes, we will. <laughs> like, damn, I want to watch this show. Real professionalism, you know. That's just that's what he's programmed to do, people. Um, Give him a right, AW. <laughs> AW Dynamite from Saskatoon, I believe. Uh, yeah, man. This thing can be a real place. It's, oh, it's I'm not convinced. It's not, it's not a horrible place. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not convinced. The crowd wasn't like amazing either, to be honest. Um, First bit, they were quiet for sure. It took a while from getting at the show. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, once they got the there, they got there. there. Mm. <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. Like, they came yeah. up for the big announcement at the end as well. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Chris Jericho versus Commander. Um, it's pretty good, man. You know? So a open on Jericho allow commander to kind of get his shit off, and that's kind of what Jericho does when he's in a spot like this. And it's you know with these Jericho matches, it's pretty clear when it's kind of a match where um, Jericho decides he wants to work a guy because he sees something, you know, and uh, he he allow commander to show his something, you know. Parker, what did you make of this? I know you're a big big Jericho guy. I love I love both these guys, and I this match even exceeded like my expectations. There's a little bit. Um, on the final like big move attempt with Commander on the on the 450 springboard, there was he didn't quite rotate all the way. It wasn't perfect, but everything you know besides that, I mean, they let him just showcase his skills and be exciting and be awesome, which is what I want. I I don't know if people realize <clears throat> just how far like and how fast Commander has risen. Like probably 18 months ago, he was like a curtain jerker like semi-local guy in in triple a and now he's signed to AEW and is like in featured spots a lot of the time so it, I mean, it's crazy as somebody who actually follows triple a which not a lot of americans do um to see where he's been able to go since then i'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty impressed i thought this match was really good yeah he's got himself into a really nice spot and like you said most of his matches are in a pretty decently featured position you know like this is opening up dynamite just for example against chris jericho of all people yeah jericho yeah, man. Uh, Marcus, what did you think of this one? So I'll say going in, I thought this match had the potential to be really, really fun or really, really clunky, just depending on which Jericho showed up. And thank God that Jericho that like found what he probably should be doing at his age at Revolution against Eddie, that parts of that showed up. And he based really well for Commander. Commander took a crazy ass bump like on the outside on the hip toss. I was like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. But the match was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Commander, like Parker said, has come a long, long way from where he was like a year ago. And I'm really happy he's able to showcase his skills on national TV. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, Charlie, you are, you're a fan of Commander? I am. I really love Commander. He's great. He's really settled into TV wrestling as well. And like wrestling guys like Chris Jericho does help like that with stuff like that. He's got plenty mm-hmm. of experience in it. But yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. 
Um, yeah, I don't have much more else to add. Like everyone's pretty much covered it. It's pretty yeah, good time. It was, it was a nice opener. Commander got to yeah. do his thing, you know. Holbert, you got anything you want to add about? Uh, you know, Jer- Jericho showed up and uh, let the I kid do his stuff. Him. You know. Yeah, and I, I think that's the most kind of impressive version of Chris at this point, right? Is the fact that he still has a willingness to play that role and to even mm. if he's going to go over to showcase a guy like this. I thought he was really impressive here, actually. I thought Jericho looked pretty damn sharp, which I think he has been much less, less consistent this year than he was last. So that was a good sign. And I like the match. It went better than I expected. You know, I kind of feared it would anyway. Again, there was a couple of moments of clunkiness, but that is what it is. It's part of it. And uh, I like the match. Part of the business. You know? Yeah. It happens. Uh, but yeah, good good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, after the match, Don Callis with his epic entrance music. <laughs> it's the best music. And, he, <laughs> and his epic so walk. Awesome. It's the walk as well, you know. It's just it's everything about the way he carries himself to the ring. It's the scar on the head, you know. They have that just shot like, of him too on the big screen, just staring. <laughs> Intently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, yeah, uh, Don Callis comes out and uh, he continues to uh, you know try to convince Jericho to join his Don Callis family, touching on old friends. Bad news, Alan uh, says that you'd be smiling down on the idea of them possibly teaming back together. And he's just trying to manipulate Jericho, you know, he's doing like the heel manager thing when he's recruiting and uh. Yeah, man, do we think uh, Jericho's Jericho's thinking about it? You know, we saw it a bit later on in the show as well, but it seems like Jericho is uh, he could be in play. I think he could be involved in the finish of Blood and Guts or something, you know, uh, which is, you know, make of that what you will, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but what do you think? Do you think we're getting closer to uh, Jericho in the Don Caddy's family? Oh. I've liked these segments, and a big part of why I'm kind of into it is because I actually have no idea. I, I really have no yeah. read on where this is heading. And what makes it interesting, too, is is like we all know Chris Jericho is going to be on the Wembley card. And let's be clear, rightly so. Right? He's played a huge part in AEW. He deserves to be there. But you inevitably then start thinking, so what's the match? And it's like, I think Takeshita's working with Kenny. And it's like, so where is, how does this angle lead Jericho to his Wembley destination? I haven't got an answer right now. I mean, I guess Pack maybe, but I, I don't see that being the match. So, I'm intrigued by it more than anything else. I like this direction quite a bit. Mm, we'll see where it's going. Um, but yeah, we'll get. But we'll kind of touch back on it when uh, we get to the, the incredible Hager segment <laughs> that happens later in the show. Um, but next up, we had a we had a Jack Perry backstage interview, and he's back, he's hiding in his car. You know. <laughs> These, I don't know these segments are like supposed to be funny, but last week's one was funny, and so is this week's. And I don't, I don't think that's what they're going for. Is it? It maybe is. I don't know. No, I feel so bad because I, I was, I'm, I love the Jungle Boy. I think he's, I think he's yeah. great. He's a great wrestler, like in between the ropes. He's, but he's just yes. like a fucking geek, dude. Like I can't take him seriously at all. And then Hook like gets him or like tries to, and then he like falls out of the car instead of actually. He's hood up. And he looks kind of blind. Like he, he's stupid. I'm like, Come on, everyone. Yeah, he's hiding in his car. Says AEW is an unsafe working environment. That classic heel line, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, little doesn't know. Hooked in the car, just, and it's just very jarring. Like the. Mm. Like heel turns happen, of course, and, and face turns and all that, but you have to actually like it can't you can't just 
all of a sudden be completely different because it's just like that's not how actual like people act and jack this is like nothing like jack perry was before it's completely different um mm -hmm. like there's no semblance of he's just like a chicken shit heel now that's it so i don't know yeah it's a it's a pretty drastic change overnight you know it's, uh, it's I'm like, personally a fan of the whole Flintstones type shit that they be doing right now. It's probably not what they're going for, obviously, but I mean, yeah. who among us is funny. Like a, little, a little chicken and Peter Griffin little shit, you know? Yeah, maybe it's what they're going for, man. I don't know. Uh, there's a good chance it is, to be honest, uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, but yeah, next up we had a Don Callis backstage interview uh, and he's just simply asked about... Um, announcing the fifth member of the Blackpool Combat Club side for Blood and Guts. He says he'll be announcing the fifth man later tonight. And, um, yeah, man, he's fired up for it. He's fired up for it. And, uh, you know, Don Callis is a man with a plan. And, uh, yeah, and this takes us to a very much thoughts about segment on the show. This was the MJF and Adam Cole at the bar playing Fight Forever. And, uh, yeah, man, they're doing one of, uh, what did MJF call it last week? The weekend bro session. Um, <laughs> so, so um, the two bro chat shows are, um, they're at a bar and MJF is wondering why Adam Cole isn't wearing his better than new Bay Bay t-shirt. And then basically they get distracted while they're squabbling over that. Four goals walk past, say hi to the guys. MJF then leans into Cole and says there's two for him and two for Cole. Cole shoots this down because he cares about his girlfriend, Britt Baker. MJ, MJF then says there's more for him and he goes off with the four goals for himself. <laughs> um, when he comes back, uh, Cole says he'll wear the matching shirt with MJF if they can do what he wants to do next. MJF agrees. Cole leans in and whispers something to him. MJF is not happy about it. And then we get a smash cut to them both playing AEW Fight Forever. But <laughs> And uh, yeah, man, the plan fought forever, and uh, MJF is he's having a, he's having a whirl of a time, you know, uh, and he's he's wondering like, you know, how he's having so much fun with buddies to play with. Cole asked him if he's ever played multiplayer before. MJF replies, "You need friends for that." And Cole, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it hits him, it hits him, Charlie. <laughs> you know, so it, sad. <laughs> gets him deep, you know, and. Mm -hmm. You know, Cole looks concerned and he asked MJF to pause the game and the, the two guys, the two bro chat trolls, they, they have a bit of a moment, you know? They have a moment where they say, like, you know, at the start, Cole says that he was, you know, he's planning to just blindside MJF as soon as he got close enough and MJF just laughs it off and he was all the same, you know? And, uh, <laughs> but they realise that they're both pretty cool guys and, like I said, man, bro chat trolls and they're bonding. They had a moment, Joe Hall, but what did you make of this... Uh, this cinema, as the kids call it, controversially these days. Yes, very controversially. Uh, no, this is very fun. MJF is like great at these kind of developing these dynamics of individuals, right? Like, do you remember even the one he had with Spears when he was the chairman? Like, he was mm -hmm. he's great at that. <laughs> and Cole is really good in these segments too. I mean, I absolutely have to concede there is a part of me that when I watched this was like, I don't even need to be four minutes long. But honestly, they were so over in the match they had later in the show that fuck it, it could be five minutes long next time. I mean, it, it, they're so this thing's connected so big, and I think we're going to get into later kind of in a bigger conversation about kind of the idea that this needs to go on, right? This feels like it's a, a real opportunity, yeah. and that's going to be a fascinating thing to navigate with Wembley and a pay per view coming up. So uh, I love the segment; they're very good. Charlie, I have a feeling that you as a 
This may have won you over with the MJF stuff. Yeah, yeah they've got me hooked on this one. <laughs> it's finally happened. I have to concede. I'm enjoying MJF stuff. Like, I don't know. This story, it's just been so fun. Maybe that's what it is. I just like fun things in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed Nerd. it a lot. I... <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope they don't um like if they had planned to end this like soon, I hope they scrap that and just keep it going because it's honestly so good. Their dynamics great. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Uh Marcus, you enjoying the MJF Cole Bro Chat Joe bonding bro sessions that uh we've been treated to the past couple of weeks. Man, first of all, this was really just a very clever fight forever commercial. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> Funny, but let's let's be serious. Yeah. But like I'm very much in the same boat as Charlie. Like, we were watching Dynamite and the Watch Longs, like, the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never been the biggest MJF fan for, like, the last year or so. But I, every time they do this funny stuff, I just can't look away. <laughs> it's so entertaining. I'm sorry. Okay. Max, cool. I apologize, bro. You got you got me here. You got me. Well, I'm not apologizing. I stand on what I said previously. <laughs> I just like this stuff. I mean, I don't stand on business, but, I mean, I got to give credit where it's due. You feel me? Like, this is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is probably the best thing he's done as champion since the Daniels and stuff. And that was mostly because the match was just spectacular. And mm. there's a lot to be said about, okay, you may not like sports entertainment type stuff on AEW, but I'm also a very much a proponent of if it works, fuck it. Yeah. Just keep going with yeah. it. It's working. The crowds love what they're doing. And we're going to talk about the match. Like, they loved everything they did. They loved the dynamic. I love the entrance that they do. It's, it's hilarious. It pops me every single time. Yeah. And like when uh, MJF got like kind of sad, where he's like, "Well, you need friends to play multiplayer." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> zoom in on the face, you know. You see his face; it zoomed right in. Like it, it was actually kind of emotional. I'm not gonna lie. It is yeah. awesome. But for real, I am very much pro keep this going as long as it can. This is very Sammy in the Bloodline type stuff, where not supposed to last very long, but it got so over and it got so popular, it just injected new life into everybody involved. Just keep it going as long as possible. It's good stuff, man. Uh, Parker, do you think they should keep this rolling, even if it was a uh, plan to be cut short? Oh, it's so good. It's like one of the best things they've done in a long time. Like, it's just so entertaining for TV. Like, this this is like what I want out of American like wrestling TV, which is a lot of entertaining matches. You get one per show at least it's like really really good which i thought the main event here and then you 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 focus on one or two like outside of the ring segments that you think are going to be legitimately that you actually give time to and you think are going to mm-hmm. be entertaining and the show did that too and especially with this one i i love this act so much i think mjf is just awesome i've never wavered on him i think he's great <laughs> um and uh yeah just who knew the dynamic with him and with him and cole i was at the the dynamite and then the subsequent rampage where they uh they were announced as the team first um and i was like eh, it's just like i because they've done strange bedfellows like every wrestling promotion has done strange bedfellows yeah. it, it's it's like often just sucks right it's like oh will they coexist but when you actually go the extra step and you have interesting personalities and you, they actually kind of act like real people, it just becomes so much more entertaining. So I loved it. This was so good. Yeah, just yeah. to go actually like they act like real people thing. Like, you know, we're talking about Jungle Boy, like being just a drastically different person the minute he turned heel. Mm-hmm. And Cole's a baby face still, but like he's very much the same person he was as a heel. And it yeah. shows yeah. them with. like he's not he's not changed really. He's just not as much of a dick, but he's still a dick. So it works. Yeah. 
Yeah. You mean like with MJF with like the you know like the leaning baby face segments and like you know the overt baby face actions that he's been doing when he's out there as well. It's like it's still no, like it's still MJF, you know, but yeah. just yeah. kissing ass, you know. It's all a matter <laughs> of execution, man. It's it's very seldom the actual play call. It's the way it's executed, and this, this is a perfect example of that because. As Parker laid out, like a lot of this stuff is tropes that we, you know, hand wave. But it's like, give it to the right guy, you can make the same work with that. It's TB time ultimately, you can make it work. Yeah, man, and, uh, MJF is definitely doing that. And obviously, Cole in the blind tag team eliminator tournament, we had next up on Dynamite. It was Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia defeating Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. Uh, Sammy Guevara pinned Darby Allen after interference from Prince. Nana and Swerve Strickland with a flying knee out of nowhere. Um, yeah, man, this, this was nice, though. This was nice. Guevara, of course, he, he was oblivious to how this finish went down. And, you know, uh, he was kind of leaning babyface and he says Garcia was more like overtly heel one. Uh, Guevara and Darby shook hands reluctantly after the match. Uh, but, yeah, this was a... Uh, I'm not sure if I was... Surprised by the result, but I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely not mad at it. But all but what did you think of the match itself? Well, it was good. I think they're capable of a better one uh, because the talent in this match is is spectacular. But I think part of that is I think it's kind of a shame we never got Danny and Sammy teaming up when you know Sammy was trying to be an asshole, trying to be a dick, and now we've got this weird like where he's conflicted. I don't think that's necessarily the most compelling version of him right now. If it was like he's at a middle mm. ground that kind of affects matches, in my view anyway, but I still liked it. Um, four great wrestlers, or three and a half, depending on who you ask. Um, you know, they're going to give you good wrestling. I think they're capable of a better one, but I like this nonetheless. As to the result, I was surprised slightly, because after we talked about it last night, I kind of talked myself into Orange and Derby, you know, for the tournament here, but it wasn't too surprising. I like the match, though. Yeah, it was a nice match, don't you think, Parker? It was a nice bit of business. Yeah, it was solid. The the like interference stuff and the result made a lot more sense later in the show with yeah. uh, the continuation of the the Darby and Swerve stuff, which uh, hopefully we'll get at a, at a pay per view, which would be great. But um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was solid. Also, I love DG, uh, and uh, yeah, this is this is the best version of DG yet. With yes. just, he's just preposterous. He's just insane out there. It's great. Not only is he a, good, a great wrestler, and especially for how young he is. He's gotten that freak bull ass dance over. <laughs> it's awesome, bro. Everybody was doing it at Dynamite when I went it, because he he was he was up against Shibata and he was doing that stuff and it was great. Yeah, it was so good. he's great. I love DG. He's awesome, man. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, absolutely good stuff. Uh, Charlie, you got anything you would like to add on this? Not really. I enjoyed the match. I thought the the kick that Swerve did looked fucking incredible yeah. like and he was yeah, like was straight awesome. into the crowd like i don't think he even touched the fucking floor after that he just flew straight back over it was such a great camera great. Shot too. yeah the camera work on that was awesome but i enjoyed the match but it was a lot of fun i need to say uh for an aw distraction finish you know mm-hmm. this, this was one of the good ones you know yeah. uh it wasn't blatantly in front of the referee or anything Swerve yeah. done what he needed to do, got out of there. There was a you know, there was a reasonable distraction for the referee to be properly distracted. He was uh you know obviously you're protecting Darby, which you know I don't think anyone's gonna complain too much about. So um yeah man, 
one of the good ones. Uh, speaking of good ones, we had the Nick Wayne video package, and I think uh, they've really nailed it with his, you know, not trying to help him and, of course, Derby last week, not telling the Nick Wayne story, uh, touching on, of course, the passing of his father and, uh, you know, when he was younger and how he wants to pursue professional wrestling and keep the family name going and just, you know, again, just giving some good background, yeah. you know. Uh, Parker, these have been good video packages, man. Oh, my God, they've been so good. Um, if you're like, in, you know, an F4W or Observer, like follower, you've, you've known about Nick Wayne and, you know, Buddy Wayne, of course, for a long time. Um, and just so to see this play out on national TV is pretty crazy. <laughs> um, but I'm so happy for Nick Wayne getting a big spot in the main event. And I hope when we get to the main event, we talk about uh, one topic of discussion today has been whether he should have won in his debut or not. Uh, and I hope we get into that uh, later on because I do have some thoughts on that. But the packages are so great, and I thought they did a wonderful job just building to a main event on a TV show. There's only 52 Dynamite main events a year. You want to make them really good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, it's just like making Nick Wayne feel like, you know, if, you've wa- if you watch Dynamite every week, you can't show up tonight and be like, when that bell rang, you be like, who's this? You know? <laughs> you, you, they've put a real conscious effort into telling telling us who he is, you know, even for those that don't know. Um, but yeah, anyone else got anything they want to add in? I think Parker kind of uh, captured it very well. I just, you know, Parker nailed it, but I think the big thing with Nick Wayne is, beyond his talent, he is a very special opportunity to tell a story incompletion in a way that you very seldom can now obviously nick's been wrestling for a while and as, as park said you know we've, there's been an awareness from nick wayne but he's 18 years old you know what i mean yeah. there is a long runway ahead here and if you tell this story correctly it can be very very special so good stuff i love it so much yeah. this is probably some of the best video packages that aw's ever yeah. done like they yeah. very easily could have just you know thrown them out there and said hey this kid's really good he'll show out in the ring and without telling any backstory whatsoever, but he has a story that's so worth telling, especially as a babyface. Like, mm-hmm. he's only 18 years old, his father passed, all that stuff, and you put in a real effort into telling that to the audience. So when he did show up in middle of nowhere Saskatoon, they're like, oh, Nick, here's Nick Way. I'm invested. I want to see how far he goes. Because, again, he's only 18 years old. We have no idea how good he's going to be in two years, let alone five, six right. down the line. So there's so much they can do with him. There's so much meat on the bone in terms of stories they can tell with him. Like yeah. I'm really, 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 really excited to see what he does in the next couple of years. Darby gives him a credibility too, right? Because yeah. the AEW audience, if Darby Allen is vouching for a guy, it works so well because that is not Darby's like persona on TV at all, right? Yeah. He's not a guy who's like regularly like, you know, <laughs> boosting up other baby faces. <laughs> he just does Darby. So him being like, he's ready. Does a hell of a lot for the current. It gives him something to immediately kind of enter into. So it's very, very effective. Yeah, man. I think they, uh, they've done a pretty good job of, a very good job, in fact, of establishing him before the bell even rang. So yep. good stuff. Or, well, next up, backstage interview with Adam Cole. Renee Paquette is waiting to interview Adam Cole, but he's on the phone in the background. He finally gets off the phone, and Renee asks him about his match that's coming up next. And then he's interrupted. Oh, poor Roddy Strong, Joe. Poor Roddy, man. In the neck brace, he just, he can't believe what he's seeing. You know, he's just, poor Roddy, man. You know, I'm feeling for my guy, bro. You know, he's, he got took out by Samoa Joe, and now he's losing his friends to this piece of shit MJF. You know, it's, it's 
it's brutal, man. But he has Adam Cole if he's serious being friends with MJF. And, you know, Adam Cole's so strong that MJF isn't bad. And once upon a time, they didn't get off on the right foot. And now they're best friends. And then he gets interrupted by a text message from MJF saying that, you know, we can't wait for the match tonight. And then he bumps into Brian Cage and he suddenly feels ill. So... Adam Cole rushes off to uh, call MJF and drag his ass to the ring, basically. And um, that's what we get next. Adam Cole and MJF defeating Big Bill and Brian Cage in the tag team blind eliminator tournament. Um, this was a lot of fun, you know. Body slams, you know, building them up. We didn't get the double clothesline. Almost, but not quite, you know. They're really... Crowd's really gonna have to come up for that one, you know. Uh, when it happens, if to keep building and building up to it, but this was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun, and it was really heated, and the crowd was definitely along for the ride. Um, yeah, this was good stuff. Marcus, did you uh, you enjoy MJF and Adam Cole kind of fucking around as the ultimate baby faces there? Oh, hell yeah, I love the shit out of this, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, they're just so so silly together because you know, Adam Cole, some of his best work was doing like PWG six bands where he just kind of gets to lean into how silly he really is. And he gets to take some of that and put it into his team with MJF. Like the goddamn body slam over for crying out loud. A body slam in Saskatoon, y'all. Saskatoon. <laughs> Driving it home. <laughs> I, I have to. It's, like, it's, this, it's a city smaller than Tulsa, Oklahoma, bro. In, in the middle of nowhere in Canada terms. So, I mean, to be able to get something that simple over in this dynamic being as fun as popular as it's starting to become, I love everything about this. Good stuff, man. It's uh, definitely a lot of fun. That's kind of like the main takeaway from it, you know. Uh, Charlie, MJF, man, I think I feel like this episode, it was a big one in winning you over, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this tag match was a lot of fun because I was really into, like, the Big Bill, Brian Cage dynamic anyway. So you put these four in a ring together. It was It was just a little bit goofy in, like, the best way possible. Like, they really made it work. Like, when they hit this, like, double clothesline, they're going to get a massive pop, and it's going to be fucking <laughs> hilarious, but I can't wait for it. But, yeah, I'm really enjoying this dynamic, and the match was a lot of fun. Like, them getting the body slam over, like Marcus was saying, it's just kind of crazy to me, but when it works, it works, man. And working, it absolutely is. Uh, Parker, you fired up for this double clothesline. I'm ready for it. They They have to win the tournament. And I kind of mm-hmm. want them to win the tag titles. Like, they're just so yeah. great. I'd be with it. Yeah. I just, love, I just love it. And th- this is not like, I-, I think FTR are a great team, but I'm a big believer. I wish personally companies would just strike while the iron's hot just a little bit more. I-, I get wanting to tell the stories that you've planned out, but it's just so awesome. Like, like when you strike gold, you got to take advantage of it. And I love this team so much. I thought this was a ton of fun as expected. Absolutely, and uh, Joe, I think uh, I think it's pretty safe that they're getting very close to striking gold with this MJF and Adam Cole Absolutely. business. It's, it's fascinating because there is a reason Roderick Strong is still involved in this story. I think there's that <laughs> wherever we, and I, I know this sounds like I'm doing my bit, but like genuinely, he's been on the TV show now for like three straight weeks for the neck brace, and it's like yeah. you know, what's well, whatever his two weeks mm-hmm. has been, but for Dynamite, that's like a year, so um. You know, I think he's going to, whatever the conclusion is, he's going to be involved. It's, I think it's really hard to say that the best play here is a turn in either direction in the next month. I just think that, I, I just don't think that's the right, you know, way to go with it. But unfortunately, this is a very particular time in the promotion. So it's like, 
okay, we're not going to do the turn. What does that mean for Cole's, for Max next pay-per-view? Because if he's going to be working, you know, uh, Punk in Chicago, for example, that dynamic then becomes very different, right? If he's friends of Adam Cole and they've got the tag belts, whatever it may be, what does it mean for Wembley? So it's, it's There's moving pieces, but I think this is so hot that you really need to consider what those moving pieces are and get to moving some of them because mm-hmm. they've got something special here. <laughs> you know, the other example, Marcus brought up the uh, the Bloodline Sammy one earlier, but uh, Owens and Jericho back in the day, right? I mean, Owens and Jericho were supposed to be like a couple months thing. They got six months out of that and one of the all-time great WWE angles to cap it off. It's like the longer you go, the more that turn means. I think one thing is wherever, which however like long they go with this, I think it's, you really have to consider MJF being the babyface when we leave this deal. Yeah. I really believe that. I was bullish when he came back last fall in terms of, I think he, it may be time to let the people cheer him. We're almost a year forward now, and I still feel that way. They are ready to cheer Max. And I know he wants to be here, and he loves being a heel, but you look at the AEW roster, and as great as it is, I think you can argue the top babyface role is still vacant, right? It's like it's, it's kind of a weird thing we talk about. It's like it should be Kenny, but Kenny kind of wants to do his own thing a lot of the time. Maybe it's Max. Maybe he's been right in front of him the whole time. I kind of feel he has been. So, so much to kind of delve into in terms of what they do. But beyond anything else, I'm enjoying the ride thus far. Well, yeah, I know what you said. Uh, you know, that top, 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 tippy top, main yeah. protagonist, main right. baby face of AEW has been missing for a minute. And, you know, we touched on it last week. And we did talk about MJF possibly turning baby face. And if anything, like this week, seeing it again, you know, it's like even it's easy to stick your heels in with thinking that he's the option, you know. Um, but yeah, this uh, we'll see how this plays out. There's definitely a lot of ways they can go with it, especially if they go longer with it. So like, uh, do you do like the double turn, you know? You have a <laughs> you have Roddy at ringside. He's in the neck brace and he gets up like Kevin Nash and just rips it off. Just fucking <laughs> <laughs> smoked MJF with a backbreaker, you know. Carlo Rowley comes back. I don't know. You know, there's definitely um a lot of options that could definitely play with on this one. And but as Joe said, it's a bit awkward with the timing because you know you've got all these pay per views coming up, and one of them just happens to be in Wembley, you know. <laughs> so um, interesting times. But this is good shit, man. And there yeah, is something to um if. Match does end up actually going through with the turn. You could do it in a way where it's like a ha ha ha, don't trust the devil type situation that usually happens with, with Max. You could do it in a way where like he very he does it in a more subtle way where he just kind of befriends Cole and just kind of rips him away from Roddy and kind of complicates his relationships, but not do it in like a outwardly mm-hmm. and right. malicious manner that mm-hmm. he normally would. Like there's ways they can go with this. That would really benefit Max either if he just goes babyface straight up, or he does the return. You could do it in a more smart way. Yeah, man, I think uh, definitely a lot of ways you can go with it. Uh, Darren Cage, five dollars. Um, he says, "I love the MJF Cole team and the idea of face Max, but I will give it up in a heartbeat for Eddie beating Max at Grand Slam." Hey, man. It's one of those moving pieces. That's a hard one to move, you know? Like, if that's where you were headed, like, that's difficult. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it, let's be fair. It's a great problem to have, right? Yes. Like, yeah. We have these great plans, but this red-hot thing may get in the way of them. That's a great problem to have, but very interesting situation. I don't envy Tony Khan one bit. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah. Tough job, you know? Tough job. Uh, appreciate you, Darren. 
as always. Uh, but yeah, man, it's um, back to Dynamite. Backstage interview with Jake Hager. Really touching, you know, pulling on the heartstrings with this uh, Hager business here. So, Renee and Hager, they're outside of Chris Jericho's locker room and, you know, they're preparing to go in. Going to go in and interview Chris Jericho. Hager and Renee then, then go both inside of Jericho's locker room and basically Hager's questions Jericho if he's seriously considering joining the Caddis family and, you know, Jericho says he doesn't know there's a lot of history there. Hager responds by saying they've got a lot of history touches on saving his life, bringing him to AEW, etc, etc. You know, it's getting deep, you know. And Hager basically says he needs Jericho to be straight with him and if he can't be straight with him, he can't give him a hundred and he hands him back the famous purple hat and there's this slow, you know, almost felt like there was sad music about to play. Parker's tearing up, you know. Uh, but before you lose it, Parker... Uh, what do you think of this, man? Not Chris. Chris might be leaving the JS behind. It's it's just classic Chris Jericho. Like he, Chris Jericho is so. This is going to sound wild, and it sounds bad, like almost bad now. But like five years ago, this would have been like really good. But Chris Jericho <laughs> is to pro wrestling what Kanye West is to hip hop music in that he comes up with like, like Kanye was so good at coming up with like all these hooks, right. To, to all these songs. And even, even in his rapping, like it would be really memorable and catchy and Jericho in wrestling seemingly, no matter what he does, he's able to come up with these little gimmicks and little like refrains that he always goes back to, or that his, you know, his lackeys always go back to. And it's just so entertaining always. And so this dumb, stupid hat that Jake Hager's had on his head for six months to a year now, longer. Yeah. It's been longer than that. Um, It's like legit, like, Oh man, you know, this is serious. Not the hat. Uh, When it's when think about it for two seconds, it's like, this is nothing. But it's so impressive that he's able to get that stuff over. And, you know, to, to what Joe was saying earlier, I love that you don't know where this is going. Like, and yeah. I love that one of the best, one of the things I think AEW has leaned into a lot more recently with the BCC and, uh, and Elite stuff is continue, is having things connect throughout your show. It's not like every quarter hour is a different segment that has no interaction with everything else. Um, because I think that makes for a more interesting television show when, when things are connected. Um, so, so even though it was a simple little segment, it's like, yeah, what are they going to do? What's Jericho going to do? Uh, I don't know, but it's great. Charlie, you as uh, devastated as we are about, you know, how you log that hat, bro? You, Absolutely, you man. Guide for him. Hope it all works out. Um, I have no idea where this Jericho stuff is going. And that's keeping me, like, tapped in. So that's a good thing. Um, I hope he's not involved in Blood and Guts, but we'll see what happens next week, I guess. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no, this was a... I thought this was, like, for what it was, it was a good segment. Like, it made me laugh, which I don't think it was meant to, but that's wrestling, so... <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Happy days. Holbert, did uh, how you could pull on your heartstrings, mate? <laughs> Not really, but I just want to compliment Parker on his uh, relative restraint in that Kanye comparison. He stopped at a line that I really respect. As a friend, I just want to compliment you on that. Um, I wonder I how far wanna, you were going to, you I know. I just, I'm keeping it. No, no, no. Careful, he he's, wasn't back, he's a real pro. He's a real pro. i got respect. Then no, this was fine. I mean, how you guys how you claiming that he gave up his undefeated MMA career to be, <laughs> to be in the JAS is so real. 
Like, man, <laughs> you don't know what I give up, man. You know, <laughs> you don't know what I left behind. But this was fun. Did yeah. you guys, uh, this is changing subjects a little bit. Did you guys see the Ring of Honor TV title tournament that was just yes. announced? Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. I'm quite it's mad about really, it. Really, really mm. bad, in my opinion. But... <laughs> you want to read out the bracket for us, Parker? Yeah, it's just a mini tournament, just four people. And uh, so one side is Dalton Castle versus Tony Nice, And the other side is Shane Taylor versus Sean Dean. And that is uh, that's who the winner of this tournament is going to be who faces Joe at Death Before Dishonor. That's real bad news because Joe's match was like the last thing you could kind of say. Maybe they'll have like something up their sleeve for the pay per view, mm-hmm. you know? Like, because I know when Kojima did his tweet, people come up, maybe it's just saying fun and novelty that can add to. Like, I, I got you know some love for some of the dudes in that in that four man bracket, but they are not pay per view matches for Samoa Joe. That's this crazy. is the point if I've ever seen one. It's crazy. Yeah, they're just like whatever. It'll be it'll be Shane Taylor. I'm pretty sure. Um, and that that match actually could be pretty good. But like it's yeah, like Shane Taylor. You know what I mean? Like, it might be Dalton. Honestly, I know Joe's pretty a pretty big fan of Dalton Castle. It's probably an easy night's work for the big man. So <laughs> <laughs> let me do let me do a ten minute house show match with with Dalton. But we'll see. We'll yeah, see. see how uh, we see how it plays out. But um, you know. I'm sure it's going to get everyone subscribed to Honor Club, you know. Yeah, I have given, I said this in the chat, which you're not in anymore, Monty, but um, I, they have one more week. If, if next week, if I, if I look at the card next week blind and that could reasonably pass for AEW Dark, I'm unsubscribing. I can't do it. I can't pay them 10 bucks a month. I, and I subscribe to everything, but you yes. can't be <laughs> That AEW is true. Dark. Yeah, I cannot pay for AW Dark. Um, I'd pay to not watch it. It's well, because this runs deep, man. Uh, I subscribe to BG, BJW Core this week. That's how in deep I am. <laughs> in the trenches. <laughs> it helps us, you know. If I, ever, if I ever need to tap into the BJW files, I'll uh, politely <laughs> request a uh, password from Parker, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, happy days. Um, yeah, uh, we were all devastated about the hat. Uh, Ruby Soho defeats Sky Blue in the Women's Own Heart Tournament. Um, you know, during the match, Tony Storm and Soraya, they're getting involved. There was quite a... Uh, you know, we were talk- we just talking about distractions earlier about how good the one was pulled off with um Swerve and <laughs> Swerve and Cole, but this one was you know <laughs> Tony Storm literally ramming Sky Blue into the steps like right in front of the referee and then only getting ejected was um when some you know, lose <laughs> <laughs> there you go man it wasn't the cleanest but. Uh, but yeah man the match itself you know Sky Blue she sold the leg. Ruby Soho, she managed to get it done in the end, and uh, you know, the crowd was with it, and this was this was not a bad bit of business. I don't think. Uh, but what did you think? Yeah, actually, this was quite good. Uh, yeah. The submission spot, to their credit, they had committed enough to that the selling of the leg that the crowd actually like kind of got into that. They were kind of rooting Sky to the ropes. This thing got over a little bit, and that's always tough with the placement and, frankly, the lack of kind of promotion this this assisted with these matches right they're kind of just sent out there and it's like i think that's been a real problem with this with the women's owen um but yeah. this was probably the match of the 
tournament thus far, I guess. I mean, I enjoyed Athena and Billy for where it was, but oh, they had a good match. I'm not going to overstate it, but I thought they did what they could with the time they had and had a nice match. Yeah, man, of course, the winner will be facing um, Willow or Athena. Of course, those of you who know the spoilers will know what happened there. Um, but yeah, that's that's who will be one half of the final. Sky, no, not Sky Blue, Ruby Soho. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, man, not bad at all. Uh, anyone got anything they want to touch on this? I think Ruby took a crazy ass bump, like straight, straight to the face. Ruby does that pretty well, you know. Uh, she's a uh, you know, I like Ruby, man. She's um, it's nice to see her in like a spot like this after kind of just being in the background but on TV in WWE, which is always kind of like a weird position to find yourself in you know because it's not like she wasn't used but like she was never ever going to be put into like a prominent position unfortunately because just of the way it like works over there but over here she's really kind of like found herself as like you know she's a uh, one of the main women stars in AEW these days so good for Ruby Soho you know um <laughs> Ron with a 499 stupid chat so Joey Joe, I got your letter about the scam that the teachers union is. What an inspiration. I would love for you to come to Florida and campaign with Kevin, me. Kevin That's Kelly beat type ball. beat there from yeah. um, Layers. I I do not co-sign this super chat nor Kevin Kelly's beliefs on the matter. So I I'll, I'll take I'll take this one right here. So please do. Please Ron. do. Yes. Ronald. Ronnie boy. As a Floridian, born and raised my whole life, guy. <laughs> <laughs> would you yeah, be okay, man. Marcus? We're like, whenever I do these shows, would you be okay kind of being backstage in the stream? Like you could come in and just counterattack that every time. Maybe it was a little better for me. Usually, I don't really know how to. I don't really know how to fend it off. I appreciate that. That's good. I'll be more than happy to. Anytime I can say fuck Ron DeSantis, I will forever take your chance. <laughs> I've been telling everyone on our roster this. Are you aware that Manny doesn't know who he is? Are you aware of this? <laughs> Manny it's not shocking. <laughs> That's the same response everyone's given me thus far, so I just wanted to make sure. Right. It's, it's Manny, Manny bro. It's yeah, like, it's you the, know, all it's you like can say is it's Manny. Yeah, so like you didn't get cleared today because, you know, the best thing I can tell the people is it's Manny, you know. You don't know what you're going to get. He's like... He might have ate a spaghetti bolognese earlier and passed out. He might be stuck at work. He might be, you know, he might have a fucking disabling back injury. (laughs) Pick up basketball game that you you get to make. (laughs) (laughs) You just know. I will always, I will give credit to Manny though for getting the all-in ticket sales right at this point. I will forever give him credit for that. Yeah. Oh man, he called the big one. He does yeah. know what he's talking about on some level. You just have to kind of dig for the level. You know, that's the that's the key. Yeah. It's the, it's not his job to tell you the level. You have to find it for yourself. But there's there's something going on there. He knows what's happening. <laughs> you may not know now. There's some jewels in there. You just gotta... There is. You got to dig. Yeah. You got to dig. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he helps us keep the lights on, you know. He's uh hopefully he's uh he can get cleared soon and we have him back sooner rather than later. Um <sighs> Uh, QTV premieres a Harley Cameron music video. What the fuck, man? Um, I just, I just, why? 
<laughs> who who's this for, bro? Like, I just don't I don't get what this is advancing and who this is making me. I, I don't know, man. Um, like on a dynamite that was so like good up until this point, it felt so out of place. Like it was just very bad. I guess. So I'll say this: I like Harley Cameron. I think she's a very, very talented young woman with a lot of assets that are valuable to a place. With that said, keep them Iggy Azalea ass bars on Friday, please. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> oh. oh man, I mean, I can't disagree with you to be honest. I, I don't even want it on Fridays, you know. You know? Um, don't want it. Not my kind of thing. Not what I'd be dedicating more TV time to on my main show, you know. Um, Parker, you pumped your fist in victory when I brought this up. Uh, <laughs> talk, talk about it. It's just, it's just stupid. Like it's just a dumb thing to watch for like for like a minute. It's it. Like I don't know. I don't know. Like it's like it's almost like they they see that people don't like QTV and they're like, "This is a challenge. Like how far can we take this before it like pisses people off to like a certain extent." I don't know. It was just it was just dumb. It was, yo, remember, it was, yo yeah. remember the Trustbuster stuff when like every or there was like seven, eight <laughs> Trustbusters mm-hmm. matches on darks and like always tables and stuff early <laughs> on? This is exactly that. <laughs> Tony's basically just trolling <laughs> everyone with this shit for no reason. Because why the hell not? QT <laughs> Marshall has a uh, has an ambulance match against Penta at Triple Mania this weekend. So sure does. That he's got a thrill for that. That's the side of QTV we need on Don Walk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the? I don't, I don't know. Stump me, you know. Has anyone got <laughs> anything else they want to add to this? Har- Harley is legit. Like all jokes aside, she's super charismatic. And uh, I, th- I think she she could be like either as a manager, even or even like a backstage interviewer or something like that, or um, you know, sort of a Renee type role. I think she could be so good at that. I honestly have no beef with like Hennigan and QT being a team and her being the manager. It's the fact they have to have come with these like you know onslaught of segments that appear on all of the TV shows every it's single so week. weird. They have like thirty lower mid card acts, and then they're like, "But this one yeah. needs a segment every show." It's very strange. I don't, I don't get it. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're just the new. Uh, they're just the new like Sanjay, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal stable, where they're just going to oh. be the you know the lower mid card heels for the next three months or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, honestly, that that comparison is never. Jeff Jarrett has never sounded so good as he did in that comp right there. I was like, <laughs> get the big man Satnam back out there, you know? I'm ready to go. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll see what's in store for QTV. Um, all right, next up, we had the debut of 18 year old Nick Wayne versus Swear Strickland. Unfortunately, it was a defeat. Um, well, yeah, man, losing there's no there's no shame in losing Swirl Strickland in this spot on your first ever match on Dynamite. I don't think it's anything anyone can really get too mad about. It was a really good match, really good showcase for Nick Wayne. Swerve was doing the absolute most to try and make this kid look as good as he is, you know. And uh this delivered, man. This I, I thought this delivered. It was like I said, a good showcase for Nick Wayne. Swerve did his thing, and uh yeah, Swerve ultimately walked away with the victory. Uh, Parker, you said earlier in the podcast that you have a few thoughts on the result, but also touch on the, the actual match itself. 
Yeah, match was really good. Um, Swerve's awesome. Like he's just a great wrestler. I he's always a highlight on in pr practically everything he does. Um, I thought he, you know, these two have wrestled before. If you have not seen their first match, by the way, from Defy, that has like a great story to it, a great heel babyface dynamic. Like, go back and watch it because it's really one of the one of the great American indie matches in the last few years. So go watch that. Um, but then, yeah, the, you know, the big spots toward the end were great. The power bond off the top ropes, the counter, the um, the Hurricane Rana, the big Hurricane Rana, the big uh, cutter that gets the near fall, but Swerve's foot's on the rope. It's just really good near falls. I love Swerve's arm snap spot is so great. It, and he slaps the leg. It makes it a really nasty sound. It's really good. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of people have been saying they think Nick Wayne should have won this in his debut because it's kind of rare to have somebody you hype up and debut. Um, but I, I just saw it as like it's a new signing that you're building up, like like you would want to build up any signing, no matter what extent you're pushing them. And um, like I said earlier, you have to build to a main event on a TV show. And if it's just Nick Wayne coming out of nowhere, I, I would like most of the audience doesn't know who this kid is, right? So um, I thought this was a major success. Uh, Nick Wayne will not be pushed early on in his career, um, but at a certain point, they will pull the trigger on this kid, and it, it'll it'll be a big deal. But keep in mind, he literally turned eighteen like five days ago, or yeah. something like that. And uh, and a decade from now, he will be younger than like Sammy Guevara is now and like Darby Allen is now. So he has so much life ahead of him to continue to improve and get pushed and all that type of stuff. So I really like this. Yeah, it's absolutely. Um... How's my connection coming through for you guys right now? You're a little shaky, but it sounds okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you can hear me, Joe, give us okay. your, uh, give us your thoughts, mate. Yeah, I thought this was terrific, TV. I think in fear of patting ourselves on the back, we kind of forecast the way they would approach this last night on the preview show, right? You were not going to get as much extended drama with Swerve being kind of the nastiest guy in the industry as a heel. He was going to give much more of the time to Nick Wayne, just kind of showcasing him and letting him do his thing. And I think he did that perfectly. I think that around 10 minutes. And he always spotlighted Nick tremendously well. And let's be fair, Nick was up to the task, right? His stuff looked mm -hmm. good. They had some a nice sense of escalation to the match, and by the end of it, it was really rocking. The place was with it in a, in a major way. So I thought this worked terrifically. Uh, as to the finish, I have to be totally honest in saying that I only found out today that was even like a thing people expected, just to be totally frank. Because we, when we've been talking about this in the build, how many times have I said on these shows, Monty, right? Like the, the beauty of Nick Wayne is you can get him over in defeat for this first stretch because he's 18 years old. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> If you just keep him like 50-50 and he loses to the guys of note and beats, you know, whoever, um, QT Marshall maybe, if you, if, you even, if you just do that, he's golden because he's 18. So he gains a lot in just losing these matches, frankly. So I never saw that as a big deal and I assumed Swerve would win. So uh, putting that aside, I, I love what they did from a TV perspective. I thought this was all a hit. And Swerve really showed his maturity as a wrestler here, I thought, in terms of... I mean, he's a great talent, obviously. But he did such a great job of being selfless, putting Nick Wayne's debut first. But still, when it came time to get nasty and pull the trigger, he certainly made up the difference and did so. So he's a he's a tremendous talent. That's good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Charlie, are you happy with the Nick Wayne introduction to the AW audience? Yes, I've been a big Nick Wayne fan for a while now. 
Um, I thought this the way they did this was like pretty much perfect. Like I was never expecting Nick Wayne to win because like this isn't a one and done. This is a story they're yeah. gonna keep coming back to for like the next like two years. Like they're gonna keep circling back to this feud. So I, I'm excited. Like when Nick finally gets that win over Swerve, it's gonna be all the better because of like these initial losses he'll take. But I just thought this was really good and I loved the match. I thought it was great. Like. They've had two matches, I think it's in Defy, and this was kind of like a condensed showcase of those. Right. So if you enjoyed this, go back and watch those as well, because they go kind of nuts in those. So I'm excited, man. Nick Wayne's going to have a great future in AEW. Absolutely. Uh... Marcus, you were expecting a bright future for this very, very young 18-year-old Nick Wayne. He got no ceiling, man. Like He's tremendous. And again, like what Joe said about Swerve, as well as my biggest takeaway over the Nick Wayne just showing out, he was so, so selfless. Like he really could have easily said, nah, fuck this kid. I mean, I'm the star here. But he he sold his ass off for Nick. Like on the Wayne's World Cutter, on the point around off the ropes. But it was time to get crazy. Like the arm snap, he did his thing there. He played his role perfect. And that's for Nick. Again, like he turned 18 five days ago. The kid's barely legal, getting over in, in the middle of nowhere on national television. He's got a, a huge future. He's going to be fine. He was never going to win this match. Just go 50 50 with the top guys and beat anybody else. He's going to be okay. He's going to he's gonna be a different wrestler at 20 years old, let alone 25, 30. I've made the comparison recently. Like, you know, again, I always stress it's not the same talent, completely different talents and at different points in their career. But Look at how over Takeshita got doing that exact thing, right? Losing the feature matches, getting wins on just kind of on the side, and people got into him huge. Now, again, a different level of talent, unquestionably, but also Nick Wayne has a lot more time because he's 18 years old. So yeah. we can we can do that progression more steadily with him. So it'll work fine. Yeah, it's all the time in the world is kind of the uh, the common sentiment that we all we all share because you know, as old Parker pointed out, he's He's a decade away from being the same age as what some guys that people class as young now are, you know. So, yeah. you know, Darby and Sammy, are, you know, they've got like 11, 12, <laughs> 13 years on the guy, you know. So, um, yeah, man, he's uh, nothing but time and there's a lot of talent there for sure. So, um, yeah, man, nothing but time. Let's get into a couple super chats. We've got a couple more. Keep them coming. Always, always appreciated. And my Starwind, $5. Uh, the lineup on the show today has been really fun. Appreciate you. Uh, I digged in the New Japan archives and that Akira versus Despo match from Bus J, uh, 30 was fantastic. That match is so good. That was a great, yeah. One of the best matches of the tournament, honestly. Mm-hmm. Great, great match. If you like New Japan, match. if you're getting into it, uh, watch Them Guy Live. We, it's our, it's our Kuro show every yeah. Tuesday. That's what this business is all about. Yeah, absolutely. the only real pure real show. You know, this big season for Dumb Guy Live. We got to say, we got to put yeah, it big time. Big season. season. He is man. The G one starts this Saturday, and oh, I believe the Princess Cup star, is starting real soon. Princess Cup. We got the N one all coming up. It's big. It's big. Big. The King of Gate. It's big things happening. That's, that's one for Mark. Look at this year, Murph always trying to like sneak Dragon Gate stuff into like uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> into, and then, into the, and the show the, the show that's reviewing their their Wrestle Kingdom equivalent. He's like gone. He's like it's Fourth of July. I can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. His uh, 
hopeless. He's something, that kid, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Parker keeps him in check for the most part, That's you right. know. He does. Uh, Nadine. Oh, fuck. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nadine says $5. Uh, Joe, have you heard from Boris oh, recently? He's no, not returning my calls. Tell him to call. Thanks, babes. Not friends. Leave me alone, please. <laughs> I think they just love seeing you react like this, Joe. You know, it's just... I can't help it, mate. You know, it's what it is. It's, just, it's a late hour, a late <laughs> yeah. hour. You know, that's <laughs> on Mogul Embassy is my favourite mid card stable right now. No, it's good it's stuff, good. man. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Is Shaw Prince Donna? He was he was doing this shit. He's so good. Good. He's so funny. He's like his, like... Comedy, his physical comedy is yeah. top tier. He's quietly like one of the coolest stories in the business right now, and it's absolutely going under the radar that he's just like a guy who's on dynamite every week. <laughs> it's like he told someone that you know two years ago would have been quite the feat, but he's there and he's rocking it, he's doing great stuff. Yeah, man, people, people like him, you know. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's been around for fucking ever, you know, <laughs> and him finding himself now in this position, it's uh, it's cool, man, you know. Ciao, Ring of Honor, you know. Um, I I know I've skipped a few video packages and stuff like the kind of you know the replays etc. But we did get a Lance Archer video package. You know he's coming back. He's looking mean. You know everybody's got a dog. He's uh Joe, the big man is back. He is. I don't know for how long, but I'm a, always a big fan of here is our professional wrestler who's been traveling the world kicking ass. That's real. I mean, that's as good as it gets, right? And I love that stuff. I do not know if this is, uh, I don't want to get into spoilers, but you know, I think this is a pretty short term uh, microwave situation. We'll see. I could be completely wrong. I like Lance. I like Archer a lot, man. Um, yeah, it's great. You know, he always kills it when he gets on AWTV for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. It was a bit of a jump scare seeing a wrestling show that happened 20 minutes away from my house on Dynamite, but I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. They, they wanted scary. to have a little bit of sound. They, they, they yeah. wanted a little sound so you could hear like Quilden like yelling, oh my God. But their audio, man. Oh, it's awful, yeah. 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 Charlie will, Charlie will put in a word and get it sorted out. Yeah. You know? I'll message some people. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the board, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. The main event of this show was the Don Callis in-wing promo, where it all, where it all goes down. Sure and just to show some extra respect to our friend Short on Spurs, we're going to put the Ibushi Super Chat again for this one. All right, so uh, Don Callis comes down to the ring. He says he's excited to announce his fifth member for Blood and Guts to take on the Elite, and they will slaughter the Elite. Callis then starts to cut a promo on Omega. Omega then comes out, no shirt on, looking ripped. You know, he's ready to uh, he's ready to take out Don Callis, man. But before he gets to the ring, he's jumped by Moxley and Takeshita. And as, as he's trying to fight them off, none other than Pac returning from... Uh, Returning from what Pac does, you know, I was going to say injury or whatever, but does Pac returning from whatever Pac does? Uh, but yeah, man, he, he looked great. He attacks Kenny Omega with the chair. Uh, all three, well, even Don Callis joining. So all four guys then start to beat up on um, on Kenny Omega. 
Pat grabs the microphone, reminds Kenny Omega of when, um, when Omega broke his nose, ruined his championship goals, etc., etc. The four men then set Omega up with a chair wrapped around his neck. Pat climbs to the top rope. Moxley asks Kenny Omega if he has any last words. <laughs> and Kenny Omega is laughing like a true sicko and tells them to check the screen as they have a fifth man also. And the lights go out and we get a video package. That starts with he's coming, and he's coming indeed. Kota Ibushi, the one that everyone, are, I'd like to say everyone, was hoping for and expecting in this spot. He's finally linking back up with Kenny Omega and the, the Elite to form the Golden Elite to take on the Blackpool Combat Club and Pack and Takeshita at Blood and Guts next week in Boston. Um, huge, huge pop when Kota Ibushi was revealed from the crowd. Huge pop. The light comes back on. And the rest of the elite are in, are in the ring. They save Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega gets on the microphone, cuts a promo, and, uh, you know, got all his classic lines in it. And, um, yeah, man, blood and guts, it's set. We know who's in it. We got the big angle at the end of this show. And uh, full steam ahead, man. Kota Ibushi, you know, is he all elite? We don't know just yet, but this is definitely a very, very happy start, you know. Um the Golden Elite is back, Charlie. You know, your dreams mm-hmm. have come true. It's finally happened after weeks of failed guesses, oh. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like any hint of, oh, they need an extra person. It's going to be a boo But no, <laughs> it finally happened. It's been five long years, almost five years anyways, of waiting. I'm just really excited for next week now. Like, I'm glad that they didn't, like, actually send him out, but they did reveal who it was. Like, because they got that pop and like everyone know everyone kind of knew who it was anyways. But like the reaction next week when he comes out is gonna be absolutely insane. And I'm very, very excited about it. The match is gonna be great. I'm excited that it was Pac as well. Like these were like the best two options that they could have gone with this. So it's gonna it's gonna be good shit. I'm very excited. Yeah, Pac, of course, makes all the sense in the world because he's had like this really bitter rivalry with Kenny Omega literally pretty much since like since the company started. So um Really great choices, don't you think, Marcus? Oh, I love those choices, especially Pac. Because, one, Pac is motivated by just absolute powerful hate. And there's no one he hates more than Kenny Omega. Because the whole, like, forever rivalry that he's had with John Moss since day one, he's had that same thing with Pac. And plus, mm-hmm. Pac being on my television is music to my damn ears and my eyes. So, I'm happy with that. And Bushi, man... Like, I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of us knew that at some point he was probably going to end up doing something in AEW. But the fact that day is finally here, it's going to happen. It's real. The graphics there. He, his video was on my screen. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe this. Golden Elite. The golden motherfucking star. <laughs> Thanks to heaven. He's here, man. He's arrived. Yeah. It's finally happened. Shit. You know, man. It's really funny with Ibushi because, like, you know, when AEW first started and we knew the elite were going to be heavily involved, etc. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a few New Japan top, top talents that people kind of circled as, like, one day. And I'd say, like, they were Jay White, Will Ospreay, and Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, obviously, Jay White's ticked off. Will Ospreay's been on AEW shows, uh, but he seems to be a very New Japan loyalist, you know. But uh, he's still he's still around, and we get the Will Ospreay uh, 
you know, we get our bit of Will Ospreay on AEW pay-per-views. And now we've got Abushi showing up for the first time for Tony Khan. And um, it almost feels surreal, even though it's something that people yeah. expected a long, long time yeah. ago. Um, Hall, but what did you think of the announcement? Yeah, I think the word surreal is definitely fitting for when the graphic came up, right? And you had the whole, you had the lineup there, and then you realize what the other team is, and you realize like just how ridiculous this talent pool is. I mean, the idea that this match was originally going to have Danielson is like, oh, we'll just we'll pivot to Pack, I guess, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the, that's a, an incredible, that's the beauty of an incredible roster. But I will say the segment had like, like this is the kind of hilarious wrestling logic that I truly love and appreciate. Like the idea of like the Bucks and Hangman watching this, like, listen, man, just he's got to get him to look at the screen, you know? <laughs> like, like what, if, like, what if they didn't ask Kenny? He just, he's just dead, you know? Like, Mostly <laughs> <laughs> asked if he had any final word. No, but I, I mean that with like genuinely, I, that stuff always pops me. But uh, yes, I was the right way to do it because as Charlie mentioned, you get two pops, right? He's a big enough deal to the AEW audience that you're going to get a pop for him appearing on the screen. And the way they did it too well, the first actual shot you got him in was like a silhouette, like yeah. shadow boxing, but you could yeah. immediately tell when the place came out. It was great. And next week you get the real pop. And the biggest pop to all of this, of course, is this isn't just a moment or like a, you know, a, a pop and that. It's actually the fact that you're now putting Kotobushi in blood and guts, which is like an insane combination yeah. of ingredients, yeah. right? Like it's forget really- the rest of the wrestlers in here. You're putting Kotobushi in that double <laughs> ring cage. Like the possibilities are endless. So I'm fired up for sure. Really, you just say your prayers. Yes, <laughs> you better pack ten lunches, really. You, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Parker, this is a insane lineup for Blood and Guts, don't you think? It's yeah, yeah. It's ins- I still kind of wish it, it was Danielson over over Pack, but um, I mean, outside of that, just the Ibushi get is so huge for this company. I remember when AEW started, there was, and there's still, you know, I, I think they're the best American promotion ever, but there was so much excitement around AEW when it started. And if you recall, see, I can't even remember who he was feuding with off the top of my head, but Omega was, uh, there was a, was in a feud with somebody and they played a video package that was like video game eyes. Uh, maybe it was when they were teasing the dark order. I can't really remember. Uh, right. What was it? It was a Halloween episode, and they played like a whole video package, like remember your friends, and they had a whole yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the had, like, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The under yeah, and they had like a um a, a pixelated like video game likeness of Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. It was unmistakable that it was Ibushi, and I mean, I just remember the conversation around that. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, is Ibushi coming? Like, what's going on?" And then, of course, a lot happens in four years or whatever. Ibushi becomes IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and then he quits the company under dubious circumstances that may or may not have involved Yakuza or broken shoulders or something like that. So, um, and strangely, Takamichi as well. But um, now, after all that, he's wrestled two matches in the last two years, and they were two matches in GCW: one against Mike Bailey, against one, and one against Joey Janela. And uh, his third match ever back is going to be Blood and Guts uh, <laughs> against people like John Moxley, people like Claudio Castagnoli, interactions that we've either never, literally never seen or have rarely seen, right? Um, people like Pac, that's, that's never happened before for Ibushi, right? So this is just an, an insane get for AEW. I, 
desperately hope that he signs with the company because I just think he adds so much and he's just one of the best wrestlers of our generation and uh, the wrestling world is better with Ibushi in it versus when he's not there and so I'm just as a fan of wrestling not just Japanese wrestling but all wrestling I couldn't be happier about this I'm so excited for next week it's going to be awesome a huge huge get 100% um, even if it is just for one night only you know which um I don't think it will be, you know. Uh, it never is with the elite. Mm, yeah, especially like Joe. Like you've mentioned this a few times over the weeks. Like AEW is so flexible with all like, their contracts yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did, you know, sign with Tony. I mean, if if you're the Booker and Kotobushi comes through your doors for a one-off and you have a Wembley show in six weeks, I mean. <laughs> You know, he's he's the kind of talent I think you're looking to put on that stadium stage, and I understand there's a lot of, there's a lot going on with that. But they've got so many big shows. They've got Grand Slam coming up, so you know, like yeah, you're gonna Abushi's gonna be in play here. I think for more than just this day, I'm pretty sure of that, honestly. Yeah, there's no way he's not. But Kota Bushi yeah. being Kota Bushi, you never know. But with the elite, exactly. I think yeah. he's gonna be a one off. Yeah, no, I would say this is definitely. Go on, mate. What did you say? So, like Charlie said, it's never. It's usually not a one-off when you know you get involved into the elite stuff. You yeah. Know? yeah. Once you're in, you're in. Sekeira in the comments points out that Ibushi's doing Gleep uh, next month as well, so he will be doing some Japan stuff. We don't know yeah. how permanent that is either, um, but it's Gleep. Like they they. They average like 200 attendance. <laughs> to show oh, real I don't know these last. I don't know that that's going to be his permanent hey, home. This is definitely an example of like that kind of. It's that old tale that we often forget sometimes. Of if you if your work really connects with people, like truly connects with people, they're happy to wait. You know, and it's like yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think about how long it's been. I mean, I knew he hadn't wrestled in a while, but two years, two matches. You know, but it's like. Look at our conversation today. Look at the conversation online today. It's like, look, they may not want to wait, but they're willing to when it's someone special and they've really connected with their stuff. So it's, it's wonderful. Tremendous stuff. It's like um, at the point where, you know, where we basically stopped seeing him for the majority of the past two years. It's like, you know, he was he was right there, man. He was literally not the yeah. G1 final versus Okada where, yeah. you know, like where he fucked up his shoulder really bad. Um you know, not long before that, he was double champ, you know, and he's just, you know, and then he was just gone. <laughs> no, he was just right. gone. He was injured for all this time, and then all the weirdness happened, and the tweeting, and, the, you know. Uh, I remember that. I remember covering that. The balancing, <laughs> yeah. Remember the balancing video? Yeah. Yes, I do. I, I remember yeah. it, there was a stretch where Monty wanted to do, like, these, like, news pods. I was I was going to be the anchor of these programs of money, and every day he was like, "There's a new Ibushi post." I'm like, "All right, man, are you?" He was uh, he had a he had a hell of a run, you know. He did. He did. <laughs> he was special. In more than one way, you know. Um, was cartoony in a great way that the segment was like when came down, like Mossy's going whole like cartoon villain, like exactly. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the case is like that, like the whole villain monologue and shit. And the case is like with a damn tear around his throat. He's just laughing and cackling, like <laughs> check the screen, <laughs> bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> oh shit! And then Hangman and the Bucks come in, do their thing, and 
Kenny cuts promo at the end. It was it was so fun in all the great ways it possibly could. I love this this iteration of AEW Dynamite Shippuden. <laughs> but yeah, man, the uh, the golden elite are all back together, and um, you know, Blood and Guts is going to be in a way it's a, a spectacle at the very very least. You know, uh-huh. um, this one's going to be insane. Uh, Ibushi set loose in this sort of environment is definitely um, wild, you know? <laughs> yeah. Especially when you would assume that he's going to be like, at least have a little rust on him, you know? Um, he's just going to go out there and just fucking... It's going to be nuts. You know? <laughs> he's going to fill the crowd and just go... He's going to move off the top of that cage and it's going to be nuts. The, so here the elite for- team, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think, Marcus, comment? Like, I'm so here for him and Claudio interacting in that cage. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Oh. Bro. I, I just, I feel like we, you know, as exciting as the Ibushi part is, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are blood and guts too. And I just, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, that may be crazy in its own right, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, uh, passengers on this ride. I think there's going to be some, especially because the, the blood and guts matches, they take up like an hour of the TV show. Like, they're going to have the time to do some insane stuff. All of them, you know, so... Yeah, I enjoy the yeah. ad breaks as well, you know. You know, because we get it on Fight yeah. TV with the picture, picture and they're just kind of doing like random horseshit, you know, yeah. <laughs> bleeding all we, over the place. <laughs> we don't know who the starting men are, do we? They haven't done We don't. We don't know who's got the advantage think... either, do we? That's a good question, though. Who, who do we think it'll be? Well, I know my answer because it's been my Nick answer. And... <laughs> <Nick> <laughs> and Claudia, yeah. Yes. The only time when she has something planned out in her head. It's usually right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not this one. <laughs> no, they really avoided this. I mean, it feels like Claudio will be. Mm-hmm. So, I could see Hangman being in that spot, but you know, I think it may be Nick and Claudio. <laughs> I think I it's right. the pop that may make sense for um, Matt to start. Because like, yeah. Nick, Nick can come in and do his, like, his hot tag routine. Yeah. You know? Um, and obviously, the rest of the, you know, that tells itself, you know. Um, It'll be a funny bit if it is just and, Matt and Claudio instead of Nick and Claudio. It'll probably, it could be like Matt and you. Huh? Mm. Yeah, if, um, if he is, um, not, I was going to say cleared. I hope he's cleared. If he's in like good enough shape course, to go the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Claudio. Oh, he's, a, he's a savage, you know. Uh, yeah, he'll be like, I mean, he's up. a savage. They, they, know, they should have, you you'd have pinned Omega right in the main event mm-hmm. of uh, Double yeah. or Nothing. So yeah, they should. Yes. I, I would think they would go back to that. Oh yeah, obviously with the matches due to oh, uh, Tony Khan just tweeted just now due to an injury reported this week, Mark Briscoe cannot be cleared to wrestle at Ring of Honor. No! That card. Oh, no way! That's <laughs> that sucks. Oh man. Oh. Nick Jackson versus Claudio Castanoli for the ring. Did he... <laughs> <laughs> Book it, honestly. Did, did, he, did he work at last night's taping or something? I guess he must have, right? I, I don't that's know. Brutal. I don't think he did. I, I checked the spoilers. I don't recall seeing him. Tweet Tony, Charlie. Get on to it. Um, all right, let's move on to some super chats before we dive into this, uh, this ban list. You know, EW. But uh, yeah. 
Blood and Guts next week's people. And uh, Dynamite in Saskatoon. It was pretty good, you know. Pretty good stuff. Uh, how am I pronouncing this? D-N Maz or Dun Maz? Well, you got both. So, $10. Appreciate <laughs> you very much. Ibushi going to show up at Blood and Guts, take five neck bumps and break every new rule, get fired from AEW, show up at an indie show in Idaho the next day. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <Real>. <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not entirely out the realm of possibility. That's the best thing, you know. Um, oh, I love wrestling. I just know? looked at... I'm, I'm sorry to, to distract. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the super chat, but I just like... What... There are currently zero matches finalized for Death Before yeah. Dishonor. Like now that now that that now that that is uh, the it's in eight days. You've I'm I'm sorry I'm making the pitch now official. I don't care about this tournament they've booked. You gotta just do the title for title deal with Joe and Claudio. Yeah, do that. Yep, that's the, the best the thing world, to do. Because then Mark can win the world title off Joe at mm-hmm. final battle, which honestly makes more sense anyway, right? Because that's the guy who toppled him. At, do that. Like that's because other than that, I mean. Put it in your tweet, yeah. Charlo. Someone, you know, someone DM. <laughs> tweet, tweet again. We're gonna push this again. They don't have a tag title match finalized. They don't have a six man title bro. match finalized. They don't have a pure what? title match finalized. What the fuck are they doing with the Lucha Bros? What's, am what's I missing? Is someone injured or something? Am I missing something? Like, I Lucha Bros are wrestling in Mexico this weekend. Yeah. What the fuck? I know Penta is. I don't know. I haven't seen a match for Ray Phoenix. But... <laughs> Penta being, Penta being like, oh, that's fine. I wouldn't really want to take Bill. You know? It's just QT Marshall. He won't injure me. Top of this. It's going to work safe. Yeah. In this ambulance yeah, match. Title title. <laughs> I appreciate the chat, though, of course. Keep them coming. Uh, we've got one from Short Island Spurs. $2. It says heart, soul, passion. Friendship, love. Words commonly descri- commonly used to describe the golden elite. So um beautiful, beautiful stuff, short town. Uh I mean Reznov. Go on go on, Barco. I, I re- we'll go back to Emin in just a sec, but I really liked uh I really like this this super this chat. It's hard to book a baby card with only a three and a half hour weekly show. You have the problem is, on, man. Like... Why would you buy Ring of Honor if you're just gonna have to make it dark? I don't, Come on, man. To be fair, I don't think you're you're quite you know capturing the the scope of this project. You know, and so I know you're probably like maybe you could do a promo and build a match, but like you need Slim J needs to go eight minutes. You know, if he doesn't go eight minutes, <laughs> if we don't have when you Gringo Loco. Getting yeah. eleven, it's like it's good. Nobody it falls apart, you know. <laughs> no one's gonna watch it. I've seen the numbers. I have the spreadsheet. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> minute by minutes and all that. Oh yeah, man, it's real. I think yeah. I think Tony Khan might as well at this point just give us the book. You know. Yes. Just imagine what we'd do. You know. Take something off his plate because that man is busy as hell this fall. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Tony, we will help you. You know, I'm, we will I'm, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll get I'll get John Muse and we'll and we'll book uh, we'll book. I got, I got something too. I'll take the Jaguars off of you and Shot Khan for for a year. <laughs> we'll create a focus group. You know, I'll be I'll be your your new center defensive mid for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go full. Hey man, good stuff. Um, Emin Reznov, six euros. Appreciate you very much. Ibushi's going to jump off that cage, and what a moment it's going to be. Yes. Absolutely not going to put it past him. Um, 
So, yeah. It would be super crazy. Yeah, I'm calling it now. God bless whoever's taking that bump with him, because it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to yeah. have some ideas. Isora <laughs> uh, Heart, $5. Appreciate you very much. I will admit, I wish AEW did more 10 man elimination tags. I feel like that would be so much better than what Blood and Guts will be, and I like that stipulation fine. I, I don't need it in place of Blood and Guts, but I absolutely think the. The multi-man eliminator is an incredibly compelling match because you have that kind yes. of race to the finish dynamic, right? <laughs> it's really, really great. The Survivor Series deal basically is the the obvious, you know. And I think with the AEW kind of factions, I absolutely would like that also. We can have both yes. ideally, right? Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. Something I think they should. Uh, New Japan in. often does these as yes. uh, as as final build for big time mm-hmm. matches, and, and it, they're always great. Um, yeah. Dragon Gate, interestingly enough, does these quite a bit too. Uh, and it's just very entertaining, yeah. They did the oh. deal where you can get eliminated over the top rope too, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, and they do the yeah. top rope. If you don't want to pin people, that's fine. Exactly. But even like, even like pinning people, like you probably are having somebody get pinned at some point in the build up to right. a pay per view anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. No, so I'm so, I love these. So yeah. Sean Ross uh, just tweeted that they have learned. That Mark Briscoe's injury is a serious knee injury that will likely require surgery. So we're all oh, hoping and wishing him the best, and um, hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. Because that is that's a kick in the balls, Joe. You know, oh, that's, awful. that's uh, fucking devastating, bro. That's brutal, mate. Um, I'm going to win that title. If look, if if nothing else, I'm glad that he's got a big time TV contract to sit on while he's recovering because that, you know, yeah, that's the best I got for a, for a positive. Uh, that just fucking sucks. It's yeah. so, it's such a shame. That's a killer. Yeah. Absolute killer. Um, but yeah, we was talking about 10 man tags, doing more of them, Tony. Um, oh. here we go. Here we go. Bring it off a beat. Uh, Mastown 84, $2. Golden Lovers tag run. FTR, Bullet Club Gold, Lucha Bros. I love the idea of all those matches. So especially the FTR, you know? The oh, FTR. Man, Murder Boots. I'm all for it. We <laughs> definitely need a Kenny. We need another Kenny Dex interaction because the, the match they had at uh, whatever show that was at Daly's where it's like really hot. <laughs> Cash Wheel was blind, and you know, yeah, as they guys like that. We 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 need uh, we need more there. I think so. I'd love that for sure. So uh, yeah. So lesson learned. I know the pandemic made them do it, but like running a show outside in Florida in August, where it's <laughs> absolute yeah. donkey balls outside, bro. No bueno. <laughs> I remember reviewing that show and being like disappointed with the FTR match but like did, you know when you're disappointed because you're a fan of the guys involved like, I thought the match could have been incredible and it was just it was a good match and then when I heard the backstory and it's like yeah Cash Wheeler actually couldn't see I was like well yeah, I, probably, I probably should have accepted my four star match there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you are uh, you're a bit of a brat sometimes you know yeah, it happens bro happens. Yeah, famously yeah, yeah, so happens to the best of us mate uh, check the spreadsheet you know <laughs> Darren Cage, $2. Death Before Dishonor has become Matt C. Shoots well, WrestleMania. He actually just texts me, um, Ring of Honor is so cooked, so I think he's given up now too. <laughs> if he's <laughs> even given up, because he was a dark yeah. loyalist, you know. Um, he's get, he just texts me that, so I think it's over. Officially, we can we can concede now, you know. Something yeah, needs to yeah. be... Hey, man, yeah. we want the pen. We want the pen. 
this is this is my new thing. Um, I believe that was that was an accident, but um, <laughs> that's in, that's in reaction to the Mark Martha news. Get well soon, Mark. That does suck, um, like, man. Yeah. Good lord, that yeah, sucks. You're a killer, man. Oh. on that show, and then boom, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like Joe said, at least he's uh, at least he's sitting on a nice contract at all. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the best I had. To be honest, in terms of a positive, it's probably just... the only one to be honest, mate. Um, yeah. Alright, let's get into this. Um, it's AEW have uh, they've updated their safety. I don't know what you call it, but basically they sent out a document and they've banned a bunch of moves and spots and there's a long list of, um, you know, spots and moves that you can only do if you request permission first. Um, This is according to a thoughtful select report. And, uh, yeah, basically a document was sent out to all the talent and this is what's been, like, outright straight up banned. So on this list there is... Unprotected chair shots to the head, shots to the back of the head, buckle bombs, and blind moves backwards into the turnbuckle, fencing responses, seizure cells, spitting, bleeding in the crowd, weapons or projectiles in the crowd, taking drinks or food from guests in the crowd, or physical contact with the crowd. Uh, Nothing with blood on should be thrown into the crowd. So that's what's been straight up banned. I don't think anything is overly surprising, you know. um, Looking at oh, you, yeah. Uh, you know, buckle bombs you see quite a lot of, but um, yeah. it doesn't surprise you that they get banned because they are you are rolling the dice every time you do one, you know. Um, but yeah, that's unprotected chair shots to the head. No one's really surprised about that one, you know. Um, I personally see yourselves, I, you know. I reckon like Tony had the list and Sting walked by and he was like, Sting. Any act to this, and he's like, get rid of those fucking buckle bombs, man. Enough with that, you know. And like, <laughs> added it to the list and moved on, you know. Yeah, man. There's a. I don't know. I don't think there's, there's nothing that Connish. I don't think there's anything that shocked any of you guys, was there? No. On the on the straight up ban list, you know. Um. There's a couple on the selling side. Fencing responses um, is a weird one. I mean, yeah. Is it really a weird one? I don't know. Seizure cells, another one. No, another one. Uh, the seizure cells are good. You don't. You don't want to be in a position where like the medical team are like, hold on, do we need to? You know. Right. I guess that's because seizures are extremely time sensitive, and you just can't like you can't just wait to like double check. Yeah, right. wait to see if he's yeah. selling. You know, and right. he's actually having one. It's like mm. I'm a sicko, but like I get it. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. Yeah, it's all. It is, well, to yeah. me, to me. Um, and maybe maybe I'm jumping the shark a little bit, but this seemed to me like something to do with like TV and something to do with yeah. Warner Brothers yeah. and things like that. Um, more more than more than anything, just like it's just Haunting not you. like it's the stuff that if probably the average non wrestling fan flipped their TV to AEW and saw any of this stuff, it'd be pretty weirded out and they'd be like, "Wow, mm-hmm. that's like terrible. That's not for me. That's for like idiots, like Hicks or whatever." So. Yeah. It, it's also worth noting that while I know he's obviously done it many a time before, Dragon did it against Okada because he had realized he'd fucked his arm up, right? Like, you look at when he does it in the match, it's very mm-hmm. clear he's realizing what the injury is and he needs like a moment. So, mm-hmm. Brian, of course, his first call of, of, of offense is, <laughs> oh, I'll just do a seizure, so that'll get him, you know? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, by the way, uh, I must bid all one everyone to do. So uh mm. chopping up with y'all. Absolutely. Always love being all here. Appreciate the fans. I will see y'all soon. Oh, appreciate on my personal podcast, the Swamp Inside Florida Athletics. I'll interview number two quarterback in the country, DJ Lagway, on there. So as soon as y'all done, y'all be real on them. So uh um, Paul Marcus is uh one Absolutely. of the real one of the real special talents here at the Russell Puris family, you know. And of course, uh shout out on Puris. Uh, tomorrow maybe. Don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens there. There'll be updates on the page, you know. Um but yeah man, Marcus, appreciate you. Um tremendous. Yeah man. Um let's get into Conan. There's a of course there's another there's another list as well which you have to now ask for permission for, whether it's from the coaches, whether it's from whoever, you know. Um moves that need to be approved by a coach. Spots on the bump and the ring apron on the outs- and on the outside. Table, ladder, chair spots in and out of the ring. Any elevated spots outside of the barricades. All pile driver and tombstone variations. High risk dives or top rope moves such as the 450, 630, double moon sort, shooting star press, etc, etc. Intentional bleeding of any kind, not just blading. Uh, throwing people into, through, over the ring steps, commentary table, bow table, all guardrails, barricades, weapon usage. Um, hold on. Barric- weapon usage, chair, pipes, kendo sticks, hammers, ring, but basically everything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thumbtack skewers, barbed wire, aerosol, throwing weapons, choking and strangling, injury spots or angles. Uh, physicality in the crowd or crowd brawling, uh, physicality involving referees, managers, extras, celebrities, or special guests. So, um, that's kind of the you've got to ask this, you know. Yeah. Uh, that could be that could be, you know, some of it will be safety, some of it will be you don't want to blow up a spot that's happening later in the show, which is kind of like the uh, you know, the the old school way of thinking, but you know, so I thought. Yeah. Like, can't do a ladder spot if I'm going to do one later in the show, etc., etc. In fear of sounding like a boring old fella, a lot of that to me just sounds like growing up as a promotion. Like, I I think it's totally reasonable to like can you know because let's be real, it isn't going to be John Moxley asking Pat Buck if you can do a pole driver, is it? It's you know, <laughs> it's a matter of whether the underneath guys can and, and should. It's better not can should should they be doing that in their match. And while there is certainly fun to just kind of well let the guys go there and do their thing, it's like I think it's a the right move at the right time. We talked yesterday about it's very clear AEW is moving into a new era now. They've got a new TV show. They're about to announce their new TV deal, and these are the things that come with that. And it's like I have some of the reaction to it. I just think it's ridiculous because, quite frankly, if this wasn't you know uh, put in the press, I don't think people would even notice. To be totally honest, yeah. yeah. But it's it's out there, and so now it's a conversation. It's like to me, it's like. It will be in real, it probably should be in place previously, but I'm glad it's there now. It's, it's the right thing. If you have 15 coaches on your roster, they could probably be doing something <laughs> to, be, to be totally real, you know. Oh, so yeah, definitely. I'm for it, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Parker, the coaches have got a little bit more to do. Seems like a step in the positive direction of, uh, you know, like Joe said, growing up a bit, a bit more professionalism and uh, mm-hmm. maybe hinting at a future big, big deal with Warner Brother. But one of my one of my biggest like I love AEW, but one of my biggest problems with just like the structure of the the organization as a whole is uh, 
the wrestlers just kind of do whatever the fuck they want a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Like they just they in not just in wrestling, it's in like how they conduct themselves backstage because we are lucky enough to have some pretty good insight into a lot of that. And uh it's just like not how a functional company operates a lot of the time with an actual organization of employees and superiors and subordinates and everything like that. And so um I think this is good. Like just keeping the consistency. I like that there seems to be a bit more of a hierarchy now on who is able to make certain calls on things and who isn't. Um, it's going to be a big test for TK to see whether he's able to like sort of lay the hammer down on some of this stuff because there are going to be wrestlers who just go out and ignore this. Especially, you know, yeah. <laughs> one thing if you know, it's one thing if it's Moxley who does it because that's kind of his thing, or you know, someone like that. But if it's some undercard guy, if it's you know, if it's Roosh, right? If Roosh goes out there and it's just like, screw this, I'm doing what I want to do as he's been want to do in his career. Mm -hmm. um, what's going to happen after that? Uh, I, th I think is going to be a big question that TK is going to have to uh, going to have to <laughs> going to have to interact with at some point, and he's going to have to have a plan in place. So. Um, I think this is all good. This is all solid. I think Ibu made a good point that was kind of along the lines of uh, what Joe just said, which is that if your favorite wrestler is good enough, you probably won't notice a thing um, yeah. because they, like, you shouldn't need to rely on these very specific extreme things to get over uh, or do whatever you need to do or get across what you need to get across. So anyway, long story short, um, I, I like the hierarchy. I like that we're letting writers and people who actually have the creative minds for this, like like coaches and things like that being the ones, you know, match agents to, to actually lay things out, leaving it a little bit less to the wrestlers who are then asked to be like, hey, you go put on a show out there, just do it under these under the structure. Yeah, it's um like I said, more of a step in the right direction, it seems, you know, uh maybe hinting at the T V deal potentially coming up soon as well. And uh yeah. Especially, it's funny how you mentioned Rouge because you think of Rouge matches and he's probably going to ask for permission now. Well, he's going to need to ask for permission for like yeah. 50% of it, you know. Rouge, <laughs> the stuff uh, on Rouge the outside, the strangling, the blood. He hits, he hits pile drivers a lot unannounced. He chokes people a lot. He <laughs> throws people in the end of the buckles. He uses apron moves. He puts people through tables. Stuff like that. You just can't, you know, you just can't do that unannounced anymore. So, um yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I would like to know. I, I'm absolutely certain Don's just joking in the chat, but in 2023, I'm trying to avoid heat. So I want to be clear in saying that I have no issue with this being reported. I'm simply saying <laughs> that the fact that it is being reported is why it's a conversation. You know, yeah. clearly mm -hmm. it should be reported based on the fact that everyone <laughs> everyone cares about it. But yeah. I want to make that clear. Stand out of our way this year, Monty, you know? I think it's going to help a lot of the young wrestlers like fine tune their TV wrestling anyways, because you can mm -hmm. tell with some of them, it's just like, they're so focused on these big spots that they don't really know how to fill the gaps in between. So now that they're going to have to get permission for these spots and like lay out the, like the matches more, it's going to help them with their TV wrestling, I think. And like, it's good for the TV deal. Like I just see it all as a positive, honestly. Absolutely. There's a lot of kind of cliches that are understandably dismissed because some of the voices that say them shouldn't be listened to at this point. Yeah. But there is truth to like, you know, it's you absolutely should be considering every moment of your TV time, especially yeah. if you're an underneath guy, right? And more than doing a hundred of these things that were listed out, maybe you make one thing your spot now because you're more restricted. And more times than not, that will go over better anyway. You know, like yeah. a good example is AR Fox, who's a more of a veteran and understood this, 
he made a point of getting over his dive, right? You know, the one where he goes inside out on the, yes. the top road to the floor. He made an absolute point of that being like his go-to TV spot. And the people started reacting to yeah. it as he was on TV for a while. It's like, sometimes you're better off doing that than doing 101 things and sort of saying pick, you know? So it's yeah. uh, it's absolutely a positive step, I think, that kind of attitude. Yeah, we'll see. Kind of, um... I, I just think back to me as a fan of AEW, the most the most disappointed and checked out of the promotion I've ever been was in the wake of Brawl Out and then the mm-hmm. Andrade Sammy stuff. And then you hear about Eddie Kingston backstage and all this type of stuff that's going on. And all, everybody just kind of being a freak, right? And I think if there are rules in place that are like, and legitimate, I don't, I don't want to say consequences because I don't, I'm not like a boss bootlicker who's like, you just need to always listen to your boss under every circumstance. Yes. You know what I mean? But, um, but if you want to run a successful TV show, as in anything, you should probably listen to what the writers yeah. and the showrunners have to say. Yeah. Right. I I don't want to co- you know quote Chris Jericho on the show often, but I'm going to do it here. <laughs> oh no. There was there was one press conference where he kind of talks about like you know some of the guys didn't realize just how big of an opportunity this is. He's right, folks. You know, I'm, I, just to be I don't want to be dramatic, but let's be real. There isn't another Tony Khan entering pro wrestling. A, a guy yeah. with his with his family's wealth that has his fandom of the industry. Take this thing seriously. You know, this is the industry's best shot of there being a true competitor in the marketplace, and we have that thus far. And I certainly think everyone has a role to play in that. And again, if, I don't want to be the bootlicker guy because I think Parker and I agree on that attitude yeah. as wrestling fans. But there is a thing of like, you know, try and get, try and stay out of trouble with some of this stuff. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's best for everyone, man. It really is. But I don't know. Wrestlers will be wrestlers. Yeah, they're always going to kind of like shoot themselves in the foot. It's very pro wrestling to do that. You know? <laughs> oh my god, not <laughs> back Parker no, no. Regal. It's been it's back. been months. Wow, it's been months. Regal. <laughs> four <laughs> nine, should I should I read this? Yes, do uh, it in uh, the famous Regal four ninety nine. Parker, my delicious cup of hot chai with marshmallows. I have missed you. I support the teachers union, Parker. Please tune in to Dumb Guy Live on Tuesdays. Oh, Regal, you button you. <laughs> Love it, you cheeky sausage. <laughs> oh, this is just four British podcasters, you know, just yeah. doing, that's, that's right. yeah. doing what we do, you know. What a, <laughs> what a combo. <laughs> Speaking of water. Firstly, mate. <laughs> Yeah. Um. All right, man. Um. I think. I think we're ready to kind of wrap it up. You know. We uh. We we done the dance. You know. We got any uh. Unless anyone's got a flaming hot question to ask us right now that just appears in the chat in the next kind of thirty seconds. Um. But until then. We're gonna. I'm gonna start throwing out a few plugs. Um, of course, don't go live. Don't go live's very own P has arrived here tonight. We appreciate him very much. If you uh, if if you're excited for the G1, but you're like you've been a little checked out in New Japan for whatever you know, because a lot of people they like Wrestle Kingdom season and they'll stop by for the G1. <laughs> Watch our preview from a couple days ago. I think we do a really good job of laying out the blocks and who we think's going to win and contend and all that. So please do. I I love the G1. It's so exciting, and uh, I'm excited to cover it over the next few months too yes. on, on Dumb Guy Live. Don't go love, of course, always just uh you know, 
No, one of our real podcasts. You know, you watch it, you get informed. You know, like here yeah, we show up, we we do our attempt at a review, and we fuck around a bit and we cover the news. But you know, you might learn something watching Dungol. I don't know if I can say the same yeah. here, unless Manny's dropping knowledge on us. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shout out Dungol. Of course, uh, we've also kind of got like a uh, we've got like a G one guy by Scott Edwards. On our um, on our website as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have really we have a written we have a written preview. We have a podcast preview. You know, we uh we fired up for the G one season, man. Um, Joe, your match guide yes. is out there. Um, mm-hmm. What were the matches this week? Off the top of your head, we had Punk and Joe. We had uh, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. We had Willow and Julia, Kingston and Kenta. Moxley and Desperado, Rhea Ripley and Natalia, <clears throat> Omega yes. and Utah. And I think that was all of them. I'm maybe missing one. No, I'm missing uh, Mark Ito's match too. I, I reviewed that too. Mm, so there was eight this week, I think. But um, another plug also, I think the guys are doing a collision grin along maybe or watch along maybe on, on Twitch right this week, I think. Is that book? I know that's kind of been talked about, but it, regardless. It's been talked about. It's been talked about. <laughs> on the late night grin Twitch, we'll be live before that. Uh, myself and Manny the Hooper and friends were watching WCW Bash at the Beach 94. So if you've ever wondered what Manny the Hooper would make of 1994 WCW, we have the answers, twitch.tv slash late night green. So that's going to be 5 Eastern on Saturday as your unofficial collision lead-in. So uh, I want to get that out there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, I can only wonder how that's going to go. Indeed. Um, I've been wondering, so we'll see. Mm. Charlie, you got anything you want to plug or anything you're excited about? Or I don't have anything I want to plug right now. There's a lot going on in the background right now. I have a couple of projects that will hopefully come out in the next few weeks. Yeah. We'll we'll see what my schedule's like. It, I always say I've got something coming and then I get busy again. So God bless. But yeah, just follow me on Twitter and I will be sure to update over there. So that's my I can see the best of us, you know. Of course, we've done the AW Dynamite watch along last night on our yes. Twitch channel. Uh, so go follow us oh, over there. Okay. Like hey, those. Hey, man. We're, we're famous. We've got brand <laughs> power. We're crossing platforms. You know, it's mm-hmm. what we do. Oh, follow us on Instagram, Instagram. at Russell We are now active. Oh, on I got to talk about this. I got to talk about the Instagram. I gotta, because oh, uh, what the fuck is this Zoe Stark post? <laughs> What's going on? I don't know, bro. We got we got an admin, and he's putting in the work, bro. He's uh, he's doing his thing. He's aggregating. So, he's basically taking our posts, turning them into tweets. It's he's, so goofy. I love it. And then <laughs> he's get he's posting the viral stuff. You know, that's where he's, the he's getting very viral. From. Yeah, this is very internet. This is this is internet. Hey, man, Instagram's well. very um, Instagram's very shallow. Compared to what we're used to over on like, Twitter. Oh, yeah. You know? Very deep. So it's very, very deep just like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Twitter's got some very. Instagram's just like, boom, viral in your yeah. face, you know? And, yeah. you know, hey, man, I can't put him down because he started posting six hours ago and we are one, two, three, four, four, six, okay. seven, eight, nine, ten. We're not 12 posted, you know? <laughs> wow, jeez. <laughs> That's no, 11, sorry, 11 posts and a bunch of stories. So we are very active on our Instagram page. And, uh, you know, if you're an Instagram person and not a Twitter person, go give us a follow because you're going to get a lot of the similar content, but a bit more viral, as Parker politely pointed out. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, man, uh, follow us on there, Twitch, 
like the video because I haven't plugged that enough. So we're probably going to end up with like 10 likes on this video. But please like the video if you're still here and you're stuck with us throughout this. We appreciate very, very much. Uh, we appreciate all the super chats as well. Please turn on our post notifications. And subscribe if you haven't already because if you've been with us for almost two hours and you haven't subscribed yet, then I have to question what are you doing, you know. Um, but God bless you all. Thanks for watching, and we will be back maybe tomorrow, maybe a collision watch along, maybe, I don't know, you know, but keep an eye on the Twitter page. Yeah. Peace.